Hello and welcome to episode three of Learning at Work, a podcast about how learning happens in the workplace. My name is Gabe Gloga, and each week I talk with my friend and co-host Doug Weitz about whatever topics we're wrestling with, and we try to help each other clarify these ideas and hopefully add a little knowledge and insight to the world of workplace learning. This week, we discuss a career development framework that I've been tinkering with lately. It started with a request to discuss career development with a group of people within a medium-sized company. How do they make their way through the organization and build a career? As I tried to answer this question, I focused on three key elements that you want to constantly maintain and develop. But it got me thinking, not just about how individuals progress through an organization, but how can a company create some structures and incentives around these three elements to help improve the flow of talent through their organization? I like to say that people want to go places where they can go places. So if your organization wants to attract great people, you might want to think about how you can help them have not just a great job, but a great career. This podcast is brought to you by Cultivate Me, which helps people and organizations use their everyday work as a platform for growth, both as professionals and as people. If you're curious about any of the ideas we discuss on the show, or you just want to connect, you can always send an email to hello at cultivateme.xyz. We'd love to hear from you. And now, on to the show. Hello, Doug. Hello, Gabe. I am excited because today I'm slightly under the weather. So I have a FM DJ voice. <laughs> but I get to make this podcast sounding a bit like Barry White, which uh, has been one of my life goals for a while. So to make a podcast while sounding like Barry White. Um. That's not one of my life goals. You I'm said you you said you had something on your mind that you wanted All to right, talk about. Fine. So I have something on my mind. Tell me what this thing is. So someone came to me a few weeks ago and said, I've got this group of people at an organization, and they're, you know, they're they're interested in how they can make their way through this company. How can they kind of advance their career, if it will, if you will. You mean um, they're already in the company? They're in the they company. Wanna- they're, uh, you know, they're movers and shakers, if you will. Well, maybe that's not quite the right term, but uh, high potential uh, mm-hmm. is the term that gets thrown around a lot. Uh, but, you know, regardless of potential, they want to make uh, a career for themselves in this organization. So, like, how can I get better? How can I advance? How can I um, have some, you know, upward mobility, some direction, all that stuff. And it just got me mm-hmm. thinking about how does one make one's way? Through an organization, is there, um, you know, a, a, a useful framework for thinking about career development? Of course, there's got but there's like a bazillion of these out there. But um, one thing that really struck me, so I'm a slight aside here, mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. back to episode one in that book, Leela. And one thing that the author said that struck me like a thunderbolt was... He was talking about um, he's talking about anthropology and and sort of finding your own position within a field of of study. Mm-hmm. And he said most people take the approach they have to read all this stuff 
you know, you got to read all the standard texts and the classics and stuff. And then kind of on top of that, formulate your own opinion. He said, that's way too much work and you're likely to be strongly influenced because you're kind of an empty vessel. And he said, what you should do instead is start by trying to figure out what it is that you think, what it is that you believe. Like then as go an read the stuff. Yeah. Right. And compare it against that. And you can see what supports it, what goes against it. You can kind of stress test your own little model. Um, but that gets you thinking kind of from first principles, from the ground up independently, right out of the gate. So you're much right, less likely like to be a baby, baby mind. Although that that is, I mean, I don't know if we want to go down this road, but like, isn't that in direct contrast to what they talk about in Mastery, the book Mastery, which I is mean, I, sort of about, I, I think if I remember correctly, the three stages were like, basically read everything in the field apprentice for like a decade and then begin to form your own opinions and your own path. Right. I think, I think what I, I tend to agree with that um, in, in broad strokes, if you're thinking about a long-term multi-year pathway towards mastery. Right. That was um, about finding your true passion too. So that was sort of a lifelong pursuit. Right. Right. I, I think this is just about, um, this is about cultivating independent thinking strength, you know, strengthening your independent thinking muscles, um, and giving you useful, a useful, creating a useful frame for your exploration of the material, right? It's not to say that when you figure out what it is that you think you will be right. And then when you read everything, you'd be like, yeah, this guy's wrong. This guy's wrong. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Ah, I like this guy because he agrees with everything I said, right? It's not about that, but it's about giving yourself that frame um, against which to start evaluating ideas. And you may like the ideas and want to change your frame and update it. Um, but I think it's so kind how, of short term. And it, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so how does that apply? I mean, maybe this is what you're getting to. How does that, how would that, apply to I'm a junior copywriter and I want to really achieve great things at this agency. How do I chart a career path? Oh yeah. That's not why I'm saying it. So I'm oh, saying okay, it because okay. this is what I did with career frameworks, right? Rather than reading a bazillion career frameworks, I've, I've been around for a while. I've learned a thing or two, right? Just in my own observation, I thought, well, what do I think about this? Right. If I had to come up with my own framework from scratch, what would it be? And so I, I did, and it's, it's light. And the reason I'm telling you is because I want your help to, you know, flesh this out uh, as a sort of thinking partner here. And then I'll, I'll probably compare it to other career development frameworks out there. Um, cool. so, uh, so I think this, with, with all of that being said, there are three main components. When I sat and thought, okay, you know, what are the areas that I need to focus on? I being, you know, whoever's thinking about this. Uh, when assessing my career, my trajectory, my pathway through an organization. Uh, and I, I think there are just three main areas and most stuff can be kind of plunked into these buckets, right? So it's direction, skills, and network. And a lot of this will sound familiar because of the work that you and I do. So direction is like, where do you want to go? right? 
what's what's interesting to you um what lights you up um what do you already have some some ability uh to do skills is you know what are the skills that you have what are the skills that you need and then network is you know who are the people that can help you get there okay i'm with you so no comments so far <laughs> uh fair enough thank you um so direction i thought about direction for a while and i thought a couple things first of all you need to not only know where you want to go you need to know where you are uh-huh that's and that one. gives you a sort of actual vector right and it and it gives you a sense of of the gap the real gap that's required to be closed in order to get there but as i thought more about the idea of direction. It's not a fixed thing that you sort of figure out in one moment in time and then you stick with it, right? Like you say, like, well, this is what I want to do. I mean, maybe you have a grand goal. You know, I want to be the owner of the Jets, you know, and that's like <laughs> what you relentlessly work towards, you know. But a lot of things change along the way because as you walk the path, you gain different perspectives and you think, ah, where I thought I wanted to go isn't actually where I truly want to go or wasn't what I thought it was, right? Um, and so direction to me is a lot about steering. And so I got thinking about the sort of framework that we've used with Cultivate Me from a, a development and a coaching standpoint. And I think it's about, so I, I took direction and I broke it into sort of five altitudes of steering. And so the, the, the first one, which is actually the second highest, so five altitudes, right? At the very top, I'll talk about that in a minute. It's the highest altitude. Second down, the second highest altitude would be what you and I call tour of duty. And that's a term that we stole from <clears throat> Reed uh, Hoffman in his, in his book, I can't remember what the book is called, but it's that it's that notion of more or less like what's your current role? And it's sort of a three-ish, two to five year time frame, right? You take a job, you have a position, you work that position for several years until you've kind of mastered it all, you've delivered a lot of value, and you start looking around and going, like, okay, what's next? That's your tour of duty. Um, how do you? move through that tour of duty? How do you master that role gradually over time? That next altitude down is journeys, right? Mm -hmm. Roughly uh, three months, you know, quarterly sort of focus on some skill or aspect of that role or yourself that needs to be developed and improved in order to give you the expanded capacity to do that role effectively. I'm picturing you, it like a staircase, like each journey is the, uh, the riser on a stair. And then you sort of, you know, cruise along with that new growth at that new level. And then another riser is another journey, but the top of the staircase is the end of the tour of duty. Right. right? Well, I, th I think there's like stairs within stairs, right? So mm -hmm. how do you move through your journey? How do you, here's a way, how do you steer your way through that journey? If it's several months long, 
Then one of the tools that, that we've used, I would say that next altitude is the, the commit. Mm-hmm. Right? It's about a week. Like, here's something I'm going to try this week, a little experiment that I'm going to run. That's very tactical, very specific. It's, 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 you know, peeling away some layer of the onion on this journey of yours. Um, and you learn something from that. And then the lowest level, that ground level altitude are, are reflections. And that's your current experience that you're having today. And so if you're reflecting on a daily basis, that's informing the commits that you want to make next week, right? And so your, your reflections are helping to steer your commits, right? Mm-hmm. Your commits, as you have them every week and have new realizations and get exposed to new information, um, are steering your journey. And then as you go journey to journey to journey, that's starting to steer your tour of duty, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the highest altitude, I would say, is your life's work, your life's task, right? What what we were talking about in mastery uh, a little while ago, right? Like it's that, it's not a career per se. It's that idea that lights you up or that problem that you want to spend your life trying to solve in the world of which your career is a A vehicle, a vehicle. Thank you for solving it. Right. So, so when I think about, you know, the direction of your career, it's actually a sort of constant practice of steering that direction at multiple, at multiple horizons, if you will, from daily to weekly to kind of monthly, quarterly, several years. And then like, what the hell am I doing with my life? You know? (laughs) And do you feel like you need to be aware of all levels at all times, or is it really just a matter of focusing on commits and like, you know, the weekly cadence and like everything else sort of works itself out? Good question. Or journeys or reflections or whatever. Yeah. I don't know that the human mind can live in like multiple time horizons simultaneously. I think (laughs) there's, um, I mean, what we talk about a lot is setting up, you know, some practices for checking in on those, on those levels at probably the, the cadence defined by those levels. Right. So like every day you should kind of just be sitting back and looking at what happened today, right? What good did I do this day? What's working? Where am I getting stuck? You know, what have I noticed? That sort of thing. But then once a week, you should step back and say, okay, you know, what do I want to try? What happened last week? What do I want to try next week? Um, every few months, you step back and you look at your journey. So like, all right, well, you know, have I, how, how have I truly grown as a professional, as a person? You know, what is my new level of fluency in what areas and what do I want to tackle next? Um, and then probably you know, a couple times a year, you should sit back and look at your, your current position, your current role professionally, whatever that is, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're, uh, you know, an employee somewhere uh, or, or a freelancer or something say, okay, is this, you know, am I still headed in the right direction? Is this what I want to be? Is this what I want to be doing? And then I think that, you know, assessing your journeys and your tour of duties on a regular basis is going to con- continue to refine your understanding of your life's work, your life's task. And that can be used as a North Star to evaluate all future opportunities. You know, if you change roles, if you change organizations, you're like, okay, is this, in what way is this new opportunity 
moving me forward in, in my life's task? Or am I chasing money or chasing stability or chasing perks and benefits or something like that? Yeah, what I'm, what I'm uh, sort of wrestling with here is, uh, you know, like when you, when you check in on your journey and say like, is this still what I'm looking to do? When you check in on your tour of duty, is this still the direction I want to go? Am I moving towards it? I, I think the, those two questions are both critical. Like, am I moving towards where I said I wanted to go? And also, is this still where I want to go? <laughs> right? Because I'm a different person than I was before this journey. And, you know, slightly different, but different. And maybe I've changed my mind about where I want to go. Right? So there, there's that way of looking at it. Um, and the other way of looking at it is like, like it, what, what's that, that, uh, quote, like it's, it's important to have a plan, but planning is useless or whatever. Right. Right. Plans are useless, but planning is essential. Yeah. Like it, I think it's important to kind of, um, there's that other quote about holding loosely, having strong opinions held loosely or something like right, that. Right, 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 right. So I, I feel like both of those put together are kind of the attitude you should have about the bigger ones, right? So like the, the you know, the highest level, which is what? You're like life's purpose. Right. Life's task, like I think. is Your life's task. Like have, you know, if you have an idea of what you think your life's task is, fantastic. Wonderful. A lot of people won't, right? But if you do, that's great. But just be open to the fact that it might evolve, right? Be open to the fact that your tour of duty might evolve. Be open to the fact that your journey might evolve. In fact, when we talk about journeys with people, kind of in the first session, one of the big kind of uh, concepts that I cover with people is the difference between a goal and a journey. And the big difference is really that a goal is kind of binary. It's like, you want to achieve this, either you succeed or you fail. Like there's, that's it, you know? Whereas with the journey, you're going to succeed either way, because even if you don't get the destination you intended, if you mindfully pursued that destination, you are going to grow. And it may not be in the way you intended to grow, but growing is good regardless, you know? So that's, that's the way I think of uh, you know, each of these levels of like, okay, here's my intention. But the real point is for me to grow and move forward. And I may not move forward in the way I anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's all about reckoning with reality, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that's what those reflections are for at every, at every horizon, at every altitude, if you will. Um, you know, in what way might I be bullshitting myself here? Yeah. And, and I think the life's task for me is, is when you, it, the reflections that you're, you're talking about, both the literal like daily reflections as, as, as we've outlined in this framework and just the general kind of check-ins and looking back at a journey level at a tour of duty level at a commit level um, are data points that help you like auger in on your life's task. You know, so, mm -hmm. so, so if someone's listening to this right now and saying, how do I know what my life's task is? Uh, you know, I would say, take stock of your entire 
career. I mean, you could go all the way back to childhood if you want, but let's just say, let's keep it simple. Like start with your adult life and your career. What is that common thread that has run through all those experiences that you've had thus far, right? What is the thing that has been present when you felt really aligned and lit up like, oh, I love doing this. this is what I was meant to do. Or what has been absent when you felt like this sucks? This is such a draining experience. I don't ever want to mm-hmm. do this again, right? Those are all little clues to your life's task. And I, I mean, I had this realization not too long ago after reading Mastery. I really dwelled on this, you know, and I feel like for me, the common thread across my whole, probably my whole life is that I love to build systems of order that dance with chaos. It's that balance being able to create some kind of a structure, you know, that acknowledges and allows for chaos to flit around inside of it. Were you into Lego as a kid? Yes. I love to build. It's funny because I I love, I love you sort of glossed over it quickly, but like go back to your childhood. Like, I think absolutely whatever this thing is, this life's purpose, it doesn't start when you got your first job. Like it is so much more fundamental than that, you know, because if I look back at, and so two things, number one, my life's purpose I've realized, and I had to go back to my childhood to kind of see this is like, I love helping people to find out what makes them awesome. And then like going for it, you know? Um, and, and there are lots of different jobs in which you could do that. I mean, arguably you could do that in any job if you just, you know, inserted that aspect into the job. I mean, you could work in a Verizon store and do that with people who walked in and just make them feel great. I mean, you're also selling them phones, but like you're, you could inject that, that, um, that idea and that way of like communicating with people into your life, regardless of what your job is. But there are certain jobs that lend themselves to that, like teaching, right. Which, you know, I was a teacher, of course, coaching, um, but the the other thing is that I really love what you said was where you felt really aligned. It's like, if it's the thing that is your life's purpose, then when you're doing it, you feel authentic. Like you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It feels good, right? Because people feel yeah. good when they're doing something that that feels authentic to them, feels purposeful, feels like they're tapping into their natural skill set, you know? Um, but I, I do think there is some, and, and vice versa, if they're doing something that doesn't tap into their skill set and it's just sort of a slog that they don't care about and doesn't make them feel purposeful, you're going to know it like that. That feels awful. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's necessary. I think, I think there are definitely jobs that lend themselves naturally to any given life's purpose. But I think there's also a way to shoehorn your life's purpose into any job. Yes, I, I, I agree. And, you know, my big takeaway from this on the direction side is that finding your career direction 
is not a one-time exercise, right? You don't write it on a sticky note, put it on the wall and you're done. It's actually a, a constant practice of steering, you know, at multiple levels. So but let me go- knowing it, like putting it on the wall, right? Like if, if that's all you did, right? All you did sort of consciously, you know, and, and um, intentionally, if you just put the sticky note on the wall, um, not I want to own the Jets, but like I want to work with people and make them feel great, right? Um, then you could just check in with that sticky note periodically and go, am I doing this? Like not what is my job and what is my title and how much money am I making and, you know, where do I live and do I have a good commute and all the stuff that we tend to sort of think about in terms of, am I happy? Yeah. But like, am I doing this or not? And if I am great, keep your foot on the gas, keep moving yourself forward. You will probably naturally sort of move up the corporate ladder or move through the organization or, you know, move your career forward because you're going to be lighting up the room because you're doing what you were intended to do, you know, and, yes. or am I not doing this, which in which case you are definitely not lighting up the room because you're probably kind of depressed and you're probably kind of depressing and people don't want to elevate you, right. um, you know, and help you reach where you need to go, you know? Right. But you just proved my point, right? So I'm not, I'm not saying don't write it on a sticky note and put it on the wall. That's a great thing to do. But as you just described, like you have to check in with that regularly. Yes. And it, yes. putting it on the wall is what enables you to check in with it regularly. Great. Do it. But don't just think like, you know, oh, my life's task. I did that three months ago. I don't need to think about that. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> right. Um, sure. And so it is like every experience that you have, whether it's on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a quarterly basis, right, is another layer of data to put in front of that sticky note and say like, how am I doing, right? Um, am I headed in the right direction? Am I steering effectively, right? So, so that's direction. <laughs> um, but wait, time out for one second. Let me just clarify one thing. Originally, you said the highest level, the example you gave for the highest level was I want to own the Jets, right? And I know it was a joke, but like that was a sort of a specific job title role kind of thing as a terrible example actually but okay so so do you mean to say that the top level is your life's purpose like the thing you were put on this earth to do like you know i I want to help people find their potential yeah like i i don't i i think it should be hey man (laughs) I'm just figuring this out, right? <laughs> That's the purpose of this podcast. Um, but my, you know, my sense is that your life's task shouldn't be a singular achievement. Because what if you achieve it by the time you're 35, right? Like, I no, guess but that's the cool thing right? about that's the cool thing about a life's tasks, a task like building systems to, you know, bring order to chaos, um, or that dances with chaos, like yours is that you were doing that when you were eight. So one way to interpret that is like, I'm done. (laughs) I know I'm only eight, but I reached that sticky note. Like I'm doing it. But if you don't continue to cultivate it, like that's like walking out to the garden and going, there are flowers in it. I did it. And then just like never watering the thing again. Like it's going to die, you know, like in order to keep that flower alive, you have to keep 
doing it and keep making sure you're in an environment where you can do it. I think that's the big challenge is like keeping yourself in a place, in a space where you can continue. It's not that you can't get there even as a child. Yeah. It needs to be open-ended enough that it can be constantly practiced and that it doesn't, it doesn't, go away. It's not a box that you can check per se, right? Like owning the jets, which is like, it was a terrible example. I just, I just use that because Gary <laughs> Vaynerchuk okay. always says that. He says like, that's my dream in life is to own the jets. I'm like, all right, well, what do you do after you own the jets, you know, <laughs> and whatever, he's a smart guy. He'll figure it out. I'm not here to talk about Gary, but um, uh, it just is what popped to mind. Uh, <laughs> but I think your life's task is it, it should be something more, more like that, right? It's a, a sort of mode of being. It's a, it's a sort of combination of a skill set, an aptitude, and, and an interest in some mode of working that can, like you said, be injected into a number of roles, organizations, whether that's professionally or whether that's, you know, in your community and volunteering or something like that. Um, I think I think it's like those birthday candles that keep going back on <laughs> where like you're the candle and your job is to like keep the flame going. But life sometimes jobs, sometimes circumstances, sometimes blow out the candle and you've got to like, you know, hang out there to make sure it gets relit. Otherwise, it's out. Yeah, it's the thing that lights you up, that lights your candle. Yeah. What lights your candle? <laughs> um. All right, so that was a, a mere thirty-three percent of my <laughs> career development framework. Um, let me zip so through far. the other two and see what we got. So that was direction, which we've realized is a sort of constant practice of steering towards your life's task through multiple altitudes. Right. Um, the next is skills. So if you've kind of figured out your direction, um, or at least you have a a dim apprehension yep. of, of what your direction should be. Then the question is like, all right, well, what, what skills do I need to get there? What skills do I have now? What skills do I need? What's the gap there? How do I, how do I grow into this direction that I want? Um, and so having that direction helps you, helps you figure that out, right? That's the, the sort of uh, hierarchy of values that allows you to prioritize things. Um, and so I, I, I just have three bullets for this right now in my notes. The first is build skills that will make you more valuable in a given trajectory. Um, which is to say, I say, i.e. your tour of duty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I started with the tour of duty, because I feel like that's the most graspable level of your, your direction, uh, with, with which to start reckoning with like, what do I need to do now? So if I'm on my current tour of duty is let's say, you know, it's, it's the role that I have at the organization that I'm at right now. Um, how am I doing on that? Have I outgrown it? Am I topped out? And I need to start thinking about my next tour of duty that will help me figure out the skills I need. Am I just beginning? And I've got like a long way to go before I build real fluency or mastery of this particular role. Um, and then I say, use your journey to prioritize skill development or hitch a ride on your day job. And so that's that other level of, of um, I was going to say steering again, but uh, whatever, prioritizing. It's like, okay, you know, my, my tour of duty helps me figure out the bucket of skills 
that I need to work on? What do I do right now? Which one do I start with next? And you can, instead of looking down the road, you look right down at your feet. Well, where am I, where am I right now? What work do I, am I doing? What projects are on? What deadlines do I have? And of those skills that I've identified, which ones do I need the most right now, given those, you know, responsibilities? Start there. Wait, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm having an inkling of like disagreement, but only because I'm not sure what you mean by something. Can you just clarify or unpack what you mean by build skills? Because mm. all I picture when you say those words is like taking a course on Excel. Yeah, just LinkedIn <laughs> learning videos, basically. Right. All I mean. Like, what, <laughs> what do you mean by building skills? So w- one of my favorite words, and it's just not, it's not my, if, one of my life's tasks is to get this word used more widely in the corporate world. And that's fluency. And I think skill building in the world of workplace learning is often thought of as actually just knowledge transfer. Here, let me show you how to do something. Did you watch that? Did you understand it? Great. Now you know how to do it. Eh, not really. You got to do it for a while. Right, right. There are different ways of knowing, different ways of understanding. You have to sort of think with your hands, as I say. And until you've done it several times and you understand it through multiple modalities and you've got a little bit of a track record of saying, I've done that thing and it gets better every time, um, that's when you have true fluency. And so uh, when I say skill building, you know, it's multiple things. It's seeking out new information about that particular uh, skill, which you can do through LinkedIn learning videos or, uh, you know, Coursera or YouTube or, uh, or just watching someone else doing it or whatever. There are plenty of ways to acquire new information, but then you have to actually practice it and try it out yourself. Um, so that's what I'm referring to. Lear- gathering new information, applying it for a certain period of time until you feel more fluent in that particular skill. Yeah. Did that clarify? Yeah. yeah, no, that, that definitely. I, I would weight them in a very imbalanced way, I guess. Like I would not put the sort of, you know, do research and learn the skill. I would give that like 20%. And I would give 80% to like do something that's going to test this skill. Yeah. And then do it again and then do it again, you know, practice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I might even suggest going all the way back to the beginning, try to figure it out without any help just for a minute, you know, think through how would you do it and then go watch a video or ask somebody to show you, you know, it also um, depends on the skill. I mean, like in my experience with coaching people, most of the skills that they need to develop are like fundamental human skills, like communication skills and like confidence, you know, and like things that you could watch a TED talk on how to be more confident, but really confidence is about like doing the thing until you feel like you can do the thing. And then confidence just arrives, you know, confidence is a track record in a lot of ways, I think. Right. It's that like, Oh, I've done it once before. And uh, I wasn't a total abject failure. Oh, I've done it's it three or four proving. times right now, and people seem to think I'm okay at it. I've done it ten times, and people say this guy really knows what he's doing. Now I'm confident in that thing. Yeah, it's a, you know, yeah, you've proven to yourself that you can do it multiple. Yeah. You know, like, well, how can I? You know, it's almost like crowding out a lack of confidence. <laughs> you know, like how can I not be confident? I have proven to myself and to those around me that I can do this, 
and do it well, it's time to be confident, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's the next, you know, that's the next step in the framework. And I guess the the last, the third bullet I have under there is that skill building is career development. I used to fancy that phrase. I think it might be a little cavalier now, but um, but I feel like it's still mostly true. Like advancing, you're not going to advance in your career if you don't actually get better at something. Um, yes. And then be able to articulate and demonstrate that, you know. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't, I guess what I'm trying to get at with that last bullet is people should not mentally separate building skills and advancing their career as kind of two separate endeavors or buckets, right? They're very yeah. much intertwined and part of the same thing. Um, well, you know, what came to mind for me when you said that was actually, is actually, um, sort of the injustice. Like when you say advance your career, I think what most people hear is getting promoted, you know, like getting a better and better job, like or a higher paid or a job with more clout or whatever, uh, moving up the corporate ladder. But there's like a huge amount of injustice in the way all of that happens, you know, like, so you, you don't want to conflate getting a promotion with having grown you know like there you could grow and not get a promotion didn't we just talk could, about this right yeah and you could Imposter not grow and get a promotion yeah but that yes we you know that's connected in a way but like there are people who get promotions and go oh well i got the promotion so i guess i must have grown but in fact they didn't grow they were in the right place at the right time or you know or friends with the right people or whatever or circumstances were such that yeah something opened up and they fell into it, you know, like, and sometimes people unjustly don't get something that they really have earned. Right. So they're connected, but they shouldn't be, I don't think you should be so, you shouldn't put so much value on that as an indicator that you have grown, Mm, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, so that's skills. So direction is about kind of constant steering towards your life's task. Skills is about assessing where you are in relation to where you want to be and then prioritizing the development of the skills you need. And then network is the last component. Uh, and I have five bullets here. I'll just read through them really quick. Demonstrate value to others. Meet new people. Deepen your relationships. Write and work out loud and be clear about what you want. So demonstrate value to others. is just like, do a good job, you know, <laughs> um, uh, do your, do your contribute value and people recognize that. And then word starts to get round, you know, Hey, so-and-so is really good at this. And when, you know, opportunities arise or problems arise that need someone to solve it, they're going to know you know, Doug's really good at doing X. Maybe we should ask him if he can help out here, right? And that kind of naturally expands your network. Meeting new people is like something you just have to do. You can't hide in your basement working from home as, you know, many of us do these days because of <laughs> the past couple of years, right? Uh, and, and expect to, um, I don't know, expand your network. Like you got to get out. You got to find opportunities to, to, to meet people. And it doesn't have to be straight up like networking. Here's my card. How are you doing? Um, 
but you know, find find ways to connect. And I think, in my opinion, that's a huge value add that uh, learning and development and and talent development teams can bring to the organization. Right, is create opportunities to build relationships across the organization, whether it's through meetup events um, or you know like, like training, straight up trainings, you know, but getting people in a room who don't know each other to have a shared experience and get to know each other as a result of that creates this sort of expanded network of trust across the organization that helps the organization function more effectively. Um, but, uh, but naturally expands people's network. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's a big one. um, It also lowers masks or makes masks like less, thick i guess <laughs> yeah it, i mean it chips away at the false politics that plague you know every organization right is find ways to kind of mash people together in authentic ways to get them to take their masks off uh deep in relationships is just like it's not all about new people <laughs> you know maintain the relationships that you have already right. and find ways to to deepen those provide additional value help them out you know build reciprocity that sort of thing uh, the fourth one, though, is one I've been really taking to heart a lot more lately. It's in in a lot of ways why we're doing what we're doing right now, and that's work out loud. Um, you know, document, record, and share what it is you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it. And you see this all over LinkedIn now. You see it in all the kind of social media platforms. Blogging has become a huge pathway to expanding people's careers because they can kind of put themselves out there. They can demonstrate value to others. And the internet kind of works its magic and takes care of the rest by, you know, spreading it. And then the last one is just be clear about what, what you want. And that get, kind of gets back to direction, but you have to be able to communicate that to people. So when you're meeting them or you're deepening your relationships, or you're writing and working out loud. Um, I don't know. Say what you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually a really important one. Like I think people in general want to help other people to get where they want to go, you know? Um, But no one can help you get where you want to go if they don't understand where you want to go. And certainly if you don't understand what you want, where you want to go, you're not going to be able to communicate to them where you want to go. Right. Um, Right. And I think like the more, the more you can talk about where you want to go in terms of your life's purpose rather than a job, the more creative people can be on your behalf. In other words, if you say to somebody like, I want to own the Jets, um, then they're going to calculate in their head, like, I can help him learn. I I can help him get that job or I can't. And it's probably they can't. Uh, But if you say like, I want to, help people to achieve their full potential. Well, like sky's the limit. There are probably lots of things that you never would have thought of yourself that the person you're talking to goes, Oh my God, I have like, I, I know of 12 opportunities. I could point you in the direction of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, you get a lot of that by, by going through the direction stuff that we talked about, but there's an extra layer of being able to uh, articulate that. Um, when someone asks right, so, you, like, so what are you into? <laughs> so so anyway, direction. So, so just to review, yeah, there are three pieces to this framework, correct? Correct. 
there's direction, yes, which happens on multiple levels and and, and multiple cadences. There is uh, what was the middle one? Skill network skills, right? Skill development, uh, and there's network. I like it. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, if anyone's listening and wants to, and it has some things to add or feels like there's something missing here, um, I'd love to hear about it. But I'm going to work on this right now. I'm going to chisel it away. Maybe I'll end up uh, talking about it uh, some more or writing about it some more. But thanks for helping me think through this, Doug. Yeah, thanks, Gabe. That was great. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Learning at Work. I hope you found it fun and insightful. If you want to learn more about the Cultivate Me method of turning jobs into journeys, visit us on the web at cultivateme.xyz or send an email to hello at cultivateme.xyz. Be well, and I'll see you in the next episode.